Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSB Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. So much has changed over the years as far as technology goes and the advancement of medicine. But perhaps the best tool for any physician is that of empathy. My twin and I would like to welcome to the program Dr. Melissa Li Ning. Melissa is the Medical Director of International Operations at the Cleveland Clinic. Dr. Li Ning is, the, is also a public speaker, and we are both a part of the Elite Speaker Services Group, an entire organization geared around finding and matching speakers with organizations in their events. I want to welcome Dr. Melissa Li Ning to the program. Doc, welcome to the Twins Talk It Up program. Thank you so much, David and Danny. Been an honor. It's an honor to be here. Thanks. <laughs> well, we're thrilled to have you, and it's so encouraging to be able to, to tie in several people from the same speaking bureau that we're a part of. And I just love what you're doing, not only as a medical professional, but also as a professional speaker. You've served in China, doctor, as well as Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates, as well as here in the United States. Can you share about your experiences and different cultures and how perhaps they impact? your approach to medicine and treatment? Well, culture definitely impacts medicine. Uh, It impacts how the physicians deliver care. And it also impacts how people access care and how they view their physicians or view um, medications. Um, So certainly in the U.S., you know, we we follow the tenets mostly of Western medicine. Um, And certainly in China, traditional Chinese medicine has a huge part uh, in terms of healing, and it's often combined with Western medicine in China. And then in the United Arab Emirates, um, you know, it is a new nation, so their healthcare infrastructure um, is maturing, developing. And so most of the population is really newly coming to see the needs for healthcare. Um, you know, from a Bedouin society, most of them had home remedies or um, kind of uh, Bedouin doctors that they would go to uh, to find cures for their ailments. But they were using a lot of natural remedies um, to to help them to heal. So, again, culture, history, um, perceptions of how medications can help all impact the way that we kind of receive and implement the care that we deliver. And I love how you share that, Doc. This is David. And from time to time, my twin and I will try to identify ourselves for our listening audiences who might get confused as to who's asking questions or who's sharing. But what was interesting about what you shared and what you share with me offline in terms of medicine in different cultures, different countries, there's still that element of how a doctor approaches his patients, how he approaches his practice and the care that he or she has to display. So that's actually really across cultures. It doesn't matter. Uh, People still want to feel like their doctor cares. And so that's partly why we wanted to bring you on today. And I'm really grateful that you could share from your experience and really from your insight and, and all that you've done overseas and what you're doing here in the United States. So doc, I'm excited to have you share some thoughts with us today. Thanks so much, David. This is Danny. When we think about empathy and leadership, we tend to think of somebody with a high EQ. We're not talking about IQ, we're talking about EQ. This is what terms today is emotional intelligence. But how would you define empathic leadership and why is it such an essential leadership skill today, specifically in the medical field? Well, I think empathy, you know, the definition of empathy is really imagining yourself as that person Mm -hmm. in their own shoes. It's actually not imagining yourself in their shoes. It's actually imagining you as them in their shoes. (laughs) Um, And as a physician, 
um, it's very important because you because in order to be able to help a patient, you do need to understand where they're coming from. You know, I'm an endocrinologist, and so I take care of a lot of patients with diabetes. And so if I don't understand the context of their home, of their access to food, of their culture, what they eat and their physical activities, then it's very hard to help them to manage their diabetes. Um, if I can't put myself in their situation, it's hard for me to prescribe the right medications or even prescribe the right lifestyle changes for them to get better. And as a leader, it's hard to motivate a team without empathy. Mm. You know, in order for me to change behavior, to make a team more productive, I have to put myself as them in their shoes to understand what motivates them and to understand how to help them to change and to feel empowered to be productive. And so without empathy, you can command tasks, but you don't change hearts or minds. So empathy is key. It's actually um, been proven to be more important to the bottom line than OKRs or KPIs. And so changing and transforming teams requires empathy. Melissa, this is Dave, and I love how you share that it's not just putting yourself in their shoes, but it's being in their shoes and feeling how they feel. It's like understanding that you've got to envelop this mindset that it's not just about how I would feel in their shoes, it's how do they feel being in their shoes. And I also appreciate how you share about leading teams. Mm-hmm. And so many organizations, you'll hear the CEO say, the bottom line, we just got to grow. We need profit. We need profit. But somewhere down that list, there's their employees they care about. But would you want to work for that kind of organization or an organization where the leadership says, no, what matters most is our employees, because without them, we cannot get the product or the service out to the customers that we need to satisfy. And so when you work for that type of organization, there's more of a, a motivation to want to help that organization grow. That's the connectivity you're talking about. So let me ask this from a leader who's had incredible oversight with doctors, with administration staff, you served in different cultures. What are some other leadership traits that would define an empathetic leader? I, I, I don't know if it's more than just a feeling. Is it something to do with some listening skills? Is it about being present? What are, what are some other traits that you would identify as an empathetic leader? Well, first off, I would say that self-care is important. Mm-hmm. And, and I say that in the midst of a pandemic um, where so much is going on, um, and particularly um, as women, where we've had to take on a burden of not just working, but also uh, household uh, responsibilities and childcare that we forget to take care of ourselves. And so the only way to stay empathetic is with self-care. You've got Mm -hmm. to actually take care of yourself, your mind, your body in order to be able to give. Because empathy without self-care leads to burnout because you're Mm -hmm. constantly giving and thinking about others and not thinking about yourself where your your own self just get burns up. And so that's one thing, right, Um, in terms of just maintaining that empathy. I think the second thing with empathy um, is being authentic. Mm. It's having a genuine presence, a genuine concern about others. Or else, you know, you can pretend to listen. (laughs) You can practice listening and repeat back what you hear. Um, But if it doesn't come across with authenticity, people can People can see that. They can sense that. Um, And then, you know, you won't be able to build the trust that you need for that team. Wow, That that is amazing. This is Danny. I appreciate you giving the context because you said it so perfectly, doctor, that people can say the right things back. But man, I I better feel it. (laughs) If I'm not feeling it, I don't believe anything coming out of your mouth. I don't agree with anything you're saying. So I do appreciate you saying that. Um, so what are your thoughts on the this, this stereotype within the medical field that 
the professionals there, specifically doctors, lack empathy. And is there something that to be said about the care of the treatment and the ability to deliver the potential, this potentially challenging news that can go a long way to promoting health? And I say this because, um, as we talked about a little bit earlier uh, before our call, in my personal mindset, this stereotype that I carry is that a uh, woman doctor is going to take care of me better, is going to care about me more, will ask deeper questions about who I am and what I am and what I do, and will not rush me out the door to see another patient. And I don't, I don't believe that is true, but over, over the last, I'm not going to say how many years, but decades, this is what I've come to believe. Um, so outside of that stereotype that I've developed, what other stereotypes are there in the medical field for professionals uh, and specific doctors? Because in reality, most individuals don't believe doctors have empathy, uh, specifically when they're in the medical room. They always feel like they're being rushed out the door. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Live Love Thanks. Live Love Thanks helps purpose-driven women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs to permanently eliminate clutter and end stress and overwhelm so they can move forward in their careers, relationships, and health. Visit LiveLoveThanks.com for impactful coaching and program professional women. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, Finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast, and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Well, you know, I, I, I think that there are um, men and women physicians um, who are very empathetic and mm-hmm. they went into medicine because they want to help. You know, it's not just a cliche. I mean, I am very fortunate and blessed to work with an incredible group of talented physicians, nurses, and administrators who work very hard because they want to see their patients do well. I do think that the practice of medicine has changed with time. There still is a paternalistic culture in medicine where we, as physicians, kind of expect our patients to do what we tell them to. So, and that is because we come into the profession as the subject matter expert. Mm -hmm. We do expect our patients to listen, to obey, and to follow through, to show up for their appointments, to follow up. And so, you know, when we're seeing a lot of patients and we're Literally, each patient is only scheduled for 15, 20 minutes for each visit. And that includes the nurse time. That includes, you know, the checkout time, the copay time. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a 15 to 20 minute slot. Some are even just five or 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, some of us believe that empathy takes time. Yeah. 
And if you take a look at, you know, there have been lots of studies um, looking at the patient experience as well as looking at outcomes. You know, certainly patient experience, um, how the patient feels, whether they're care, whether uh, they felt cared for, and whether they would recommend a physician to their friends, um, becomes very important in terms of a hospital's volume and a hospital's revenue. Right. So hospitals, as well as medical practices, do see the importance of patient experience and helping the patient to feel cared for. Okay. Mm -hmm. But in terms of getting the job done, <laughs> and kind of at the end of the day, did you take care of all of the patients? Mm -hmm. Sometimes empathy isn't a priority. But overall, for an organization and for a practice, it is extremely important because patients won't come back if they don't feel cared for. Um, so it is a, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a got to get my work done in yeah. five minutes mm -hmm. versus as well as I have to help the patient feel cared for. And I genuinely have to listen. And, and that does take time and it does take more energy. Um, and that goes to my comment about self-care, right? Um, after seeing 30 patients a day, you really have to take care of yourself yeah. and feed, feed that energy and be able to, to really um, fill up again. Yeah. This is Danny. I want to, uh, I want to chime in again. I love doctor what you just said. You said two key things that really stand out to me. One is the, the self-care. And when we think about countries around the world um, compared to America at times, the corporation understands that employees need time off. Yeah. And in certain countries, you get a month off a year. And if you don't take it, you're, you get reprimanded. Um, whereas in the U.S., it's almost uh, the opposite where they want you have this feeling that you have to work and you have to work a lot and you have to work a lot of hours. Uh, same thing what I was doing last night until almost 2.30 in the morning was working and finishing up a project for a client. Um, we, we, we get this backwards mentality of, of taking care of the client, but we forget to take care of, our, take care of ourselves. And the second thing you said that really stood out to me, and I really appreciate that, it doesn't matter what field you're in. In the IT field where I'm in, uh, in the sales and public speaking field where David is in, or even the medical field, doctor, where you're in, the, the goal at the end of the day isn't just about profit. It's about taking care of your employees and about taking care of your customers. And if you take care of your customers, you said earlier, if, if the customers feel like they're cared about, they're going to come back. They're going to recommend you as a physician or as a family doctor to their friends, their neighbors on the net, on next door, on the WhatsApp group, on the Facebook community group. Mm -hmm. And so I do appreciate you saying that because when we think about even in my field, the corporation that I'm in, a lot of times... When we ask the client, the customer, how did you find out about this client? How did you find out about utilizing this software, or the services, uh, this technology services through this particular uh, managed service provider? Oh, my friend in this group or in this association recommended you. And I, I do appreciate you bringing up those two key facts that <clears throat> even if you had a for-profit corporation or you had a hospital, you have to see 30 or 40, 50 patients a day. Uh, at the end of the day, the patient is very important to make sure he or she feels comfortable and they feel, they feel as if their needs were taken care of. But number two, as a physician who's seen so many patients who have to continue to keep giving of yourself to them, you have to make sure you take care of yourself. So I do appreciate you bringing those two key facts up because that is very important indeed. Uh, Doc, this is David again. Um, Melissa, you mentioned about customer satisfaction and Dan was kind of alluding to the fact that word of mouth is still probably the most important factor for growing an organization. But when you think about the internal aspect of leadership, and you mentioned this in the very early onset of our, our program here, that it's important you lead your staffs and your teams in the right way with empathy. Hmm. Um, are there such things as, let's say, internal staff evaluations? Um, why does it matter if a director, someone in your boat, your position, uh, as long as they get the job done, why does it matter if they are empathetic or really care about their own staffs or employees? Well, I guess it depends on what you mean by getting the job done, <laughs> right? <laughs> whether, whether it's a metric um, sure. that the team needs to meet. Um, you know, if that metric is employee engagement and turnover. Hmm. Um. You know, having empathy, <laughs> displaying 
empathetic leadership is, is the key to affecting those metrics. Um, if getting the job done is a certain number of sales or certain amount of margin or return, you won't be able to hit those metrics if you mm. don't have an engaged and stable team, honestly. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, you guys know this. Corporations spend a lot of money recruiting, training, um, and, you know, on, on turnover. You know, I think, you know, for physicians, I think it costs upwards of $100,000 to recruit one physician. Wow. And with um, a number of, and I don't know if you've read these stats, but uh, a, no, a large uh, num number of female physicians left the workforce mm. um, or decreased their time in the workforce because of uh, being stretched. Wow. Um, and so an organization would need to spend a lot of resources in order to replace um, and replenish their workforce. And so, again, you know, the bottom line is going to be affected mm -hmm. by how impactful and how motivating, as well as how um, purposeful the mm. leader is. And if the team has a vision and has a common sense of purpose, you'll hit the bottom line. It's not a problem because everybody is going to be helping each other, supporting the team in order to get the job done. Yeah. And so getting the job done requires the team to work together. Um, and if everybody's just out for themselves, very hard. It's very hard. It takes just, I feel like it just takes a lot more energy uh, to get the job done. That's true. That is so true. Uh, this is Danny, by the way. I love the fact that you said that it takes a lot more energy. And, and here in the Western world now, we're starting to uh, take into our daily lives and our mindset now this concept of energy, this concept of flow, uh, the concept of this, this, these, these vibes, right, that can actually bring us up or bring us down that has been known all around the world, but we're now starting to take that in. And my wife will say, you know, that energy is just bringing me down. I got to leave before I'm not happy anymore. Like, what? what are you talking about? So I, I, I'm really happy that you brought that in because when it comes to leading teams and I've led global teams around the world in APAC and America, it's all over the world at the same time where I've had to get up and basically at four o'clock in the morning to do an interview and to lead a team all the way up to 12 o'clock midnight because of the different teams I've led around the world. And all those teams I've led around the world I've really had to make sure that even though I'm exhausted, I'm tired, that my energy is at an all-time high because each of my employees uh, around the world in those different countries have to be able to sense yeah. that I am uh, just excited to talk with them, excited to coach them and mentor them, even though I'm not physically there. So I, I really believe that as a team, as a whole, we've all had to have that same energy because we all have a goal of making our numbers. We, we have these KPIs or the MBOs, the, the, the key performing indices, the management business objectives, whatever you want to call them around the world. We all want to be successful. And so we just all make, make sure we have the same energy in order to make it happen. Uh, I want to ask this question that I'm hoping that you can give us some insight here because there's some people who are more naturally gifted at quickly sensing mm -hmm. other people's experiences. So can empathy be learned or is this more of an innate trait uh, or can it be something that people can actually develop over the years? So you're right, Danny. Some people do have a, a more um, innate ability to sense um, other people's feelings. And some people have a more natural ability to be aware of themselves. Right. Um, but empathy can be learned, you know, um, and it does take um, the individual being interested in learning mm -hmm. to be empathetic and being trained in that, as well as organizations um, investing in leadership development that includes empathy training. Wow. 
<laughs> and that, you know, it, it requires um, listening and practicing listening, you know, um, and really pausing before saying anything to think about the impact of what you're going to say to the other person. Um, you know, to your previous point, Danny, about energy, you know, uh, the two words that I think of um, that we talk about in organizational behavior is resonance and dissonance. When you have a leader that is resonant, it's not just a positivity that they have. Mm -hmm. It is a vision. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's empowerment and it spreads across the team. It's that energy that people feel where they are compelled, not just to follow, but they're compelled to help. They're compelled to give of themselves versus dissonance where it is a energy sucking, soul sucking, brain crushing <laughs> type of um type of workplace mm -hmm. where people would call that toxic <laughs> yep right and we know that 80 percent of people who leave jobs they don't leave the company they leave their managers that's right yes exactly okay. and if you imagine that again you know all the turnover all of the replacement costs all of that it is because of the manager and so you know, that, you know, the, the difference between resonance and dissonance, even if we didn't have those terms for them, um, we can feel it. You know, we, we, we know that when we wake up and we're excited to go to work because we're mm -hmm. doing something that is beyond yep. ourselves, that we're doing something important, you, you know, versus yep. waking up and going, oh, gosh, oh, my gosh, I need to go to work, <laughs> you know? It's easy to tell whether you work in a resonant workplace or a dissonant workplace, whether you work for a resonant leader or whether you're part of a dissonant team. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and all of us want a purpose. All of mm. us want a shared vision. All of us want um, to do things that we know that matters. Yeah. And if a leader as well as a team knows what matters and knows how to work together to get things done, then the sky's the limit. Mm -hmm. That team can do anything. Anything. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. This is Danny. I want to do a follow-up with, because you said something so key. Uh, one thing that crosses my, wow, $100,000 to recruit the doctor. <laughs> that's a, that's amazing. That. I'm in the wrong field. It might be more. <laughs> that's right. I think I need to switch over to, to uh, recruiting in the medical field. That's right. Um, but you had mentioned something that I think many organizations are, they just fail to do a lot, which is really what I call education, mm -hmm. continuous education within your organizations to help improve your employees. Yep. That, is, <clears throat> that is so, that is so more needed now than ever before. Not just during Black History Month, not just during Asian American History Month, not just during Pride Month. It is something that needs to be continued education every day. And we think about the fact that that is not being done. When you said something really key that 80% of the people, when they leave an organization, they don't leave the organization because of the organization, they leave because of the manager. And I will tell you that uh, years and years of experience leading mm -hmm. the sales team, that every time I, rec I recruit an individual, it's always because they just had to get away from the manager. They actually love the company they were at. They just had to get away from that manager. And I would tell you a lot of times people that get promoted are typically being promoted because they were the best or one of the best in that particular organization, that group. And so it was kind of default that they had to be promoted. But being promoted, they weren't necessarily being trained on how to be a leader with empathy. And so empathy typically starts at the top and, and it gets passed down through most organizations. It becomes a fabric of that company, that, that right. identity. It's that expectation how people are going to be treated, how customers will be treated, or clients or, or patients will be treated. But when empathy is the rule, rather than exception, your team members will work together knowing they're understood and they're valued. And you said that <clears throat> so clearly over and over again that the team itself, when the energy is there, the resonance is there, 
that they all have a common goal. They all want to do so well. They all just want to succeed. It takes a, a unique leader that can able to fine tune, hone it, and get everybody working at their maximum while also making sure there's self-care for them. Doctor, what is potentially at risk? And what is the cost to the organization if a leader lacks empathy? Well, there's a huge cost to the organization if the leader lacks empathy because your team is, isn't sharing the same goals mm. and they're not seeing the same purpose. And so mm. they're not as committed. Um, and so we see this with higher turnover. We see this with metrics not being met. Um, and yeah. so, you know, in terms of um, there, there's a study out with accounting firms mm. and uh you know, if you take a look at the executives or the partners that were in these accounting firms, right? So if we talk about, you know, big six accounting firms and um, that having a, a, a partner that had, uh, you know, uh, advanced degrees, you know, an MBA or whatever, um, versus somebody with a bachelor's that they were able to increase productivity by about 78%. Mm. But for a leader that had empathy, and had uh, emotional intelligence capabilities, the uh, revenue increased by almost 400%. Wow. Wow. So, so it's not, it is about the cost. Yes, there are costs to not having empathy, but there are missing benefits when you, <laughs> when you also yeah. don't have it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it, it just really is important, you know, and, and, there, you know, to your point about uh, organizations not investing in education, the type of whether you call it continuous education or empathy training or leadership training does have to be embedded in an, in an organization strategy. Yeah. Because you actually, you know, the reason why some organizations don't invest in it is because they don't want their people to leave, mm -hmm. right? They don't want to develop them because they don't want them to go somewhere else. But if wow. you if you grow your organization <laughs> in a way that people can move up, mm, mm. then they will want to stay, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I when I mention including it in the strategy, right? Where does the organization want to be in three years, and five years, and ten years, right? And what is that career ladder that the organization can build mm. for these talented individuals? Right, mm -hmm. so that they will stay, so that the organization continues to grow and prosper. And so, you know, we had to think about this when I, in Abu Dhabi when I was the chief of medical informatics. So I was overseeing medical IT there. And within our group, there really wasn't much of a career ladder, particularly for nurses who were going into medical IT. So there's a nurse career development, right? You come in a, as a nurse, you know, front lines, and then there's, you know, assistant nurse manager, then there's um, a manager, then there's nursing director, and then there's executive nursing director. So there's a clear ladder for right. clinical nurses. But what happens when a clinical nurse, when a nurse leaves the clinical uh, area and comes into the IT area, and, and nurse informaticists are extremely important because they understand the tech side, as well as the medical side, what was their career to, you know, what was going to be their career ladder? And mm -hmm. we really had to build this into the strategy in terms of understanding, well, what would they be able to oversee as they move through and move up in the organization? We were able to do that. And then that's when you're going to attract the best people because they see where they can be in three years, five years, and 10 years. And so it isn't just about you know, having a class at lunchtime or a seminar, you know, it really does have to be baked into an organization strategy um, in order to develop individuals to work um, effectively as a team. And then for those teams, those teams of teams to really help the organization to grow. Yeah. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, 
J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z.com. Thank you for checking out the DSB Leadership Speaking Podcast. If you are enjoying the program and are learning something along with us, please consider becoming a supporting member through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash twins talk it up. Also, consider leaving a five-star rating on Apple and comment on our other platforms, including YouTube. If you'd like to learn more and get more information, we would like you to become a guest on our future episode. Send us a message via our website at www.dsbleadershipgroup.com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a spectacular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Dr. Liang, this is David Brown here, and I want to just say I love that you made that very, very clear that there has to be a sense of investing in your people. I will say, though, I love how real you've kept this when you said that there are some organizations that just don't want to develop the people because they don't want them to leave. And that really is a reflection on the organization because you don't provide that career path for them, that growth path. And so it's important to, as you mentioned earlier, embed within the organizational strategy that we've got to have systems We've got to have opportunities for our leaders to grow. And this is where my company comes in. And this is why I love working with people to say, look, sometimes you need that outside unbiased voice. We're going to support that growth. If you truly want the best for your employees, give them the best. Let's train them. Let's let them have every opportunity to find a path for their own personal success and growth. If you want it for the top, you got to want it for everybody that's in the organization. So I love that you shared that. That was super inspiring. But can I ask this here, because we're talking about empathy, right? We're talking about how to lead people. What are some ways organizations, we're talking about now more of an organizational structure. How can organizations themselves embrace and encourage a spirit of empathy? And I'm not talking about just talking about it, but where there's actually action behind true empathetic leadership. Well, I I would say it does start at the top, David, you know, um, as we discussed earlier, it really does have to be displayed mm. live and genuinely from the leader. Mm. Um, and what, what we've seen at the Cleveland Clinic is uh, really s- setting up and encouraging <clears throat> coaching, right? You know, not everybody is bought into empathy and, you know, learning how to listen, you know, physicians, you know, uh, we, we, we had a mandatory uh, communications course for every single person in the Cleveland Clinic. And the, 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 the group that argued the most against it were the physicians. <laughs> I'm serious. And the physicians like, well, why do I need to learn this? You know, I do this every day, you know, but uh, so it's, it's, you know, it's kind of ironic, um, but there are going to be champions. You know, there are going to be people within the organization who are champions of this, who are passionate about this, who can speak to it and can really kind of plant those seeds and help that um, passion for development, training, continuous improvement mm. for those seeds to grow. And so it's really just the, the leader or, or different leaders identifying those champions Um, And then really seeing how programs can be developed within the organization that fit what the organization needs. Um, So again, lots of, I I think there are lots of ways to do it. There isn't just one single path, but it does need to be forward looking and it does need to be done long-term, not just a six month gig, (laughs) but a long-term strategy. 
Doc, this is Dave. Can I ask you a question, Melissa, about the health pandemic, how it's affected exactly what you've stated? If the Cleveland Clinic has implemented some uh, plans for not just the medical doctors, but also the incredible uh, organization, the administration staff, et cetera, say, we want all of you to grow in these arenas, whether it's communication, whether it's team building, uh, whatever you want to talk about. But has the health pandemic shifted or shaped how you've approached leading your staffs? Has it increased leaders' ability to be more considerate of their staffs? I mean, how, is things, how have things been because of the health pandemic and how do you see it going forward? You know, um, there, there are two aspects of that. Um, and when the pandemic started last year, I would say that what we had learned in terms of communication and teamwork and the importance of teamwork strengthened mm. during the pandemic because it was all about not just taking care of the patient, but really banding together because there was so much uncertainty. The only certainty that we had at the beginning of the pandemic was having the support of our colleagues, of our team. That was the only thing that was certain. Everything else was uncertain. How is COVID spread? Do we need a mask? Do we need a face shield? Do we need PPE? Do we need this? What do we do? How do we treat? We knew nothing. The only thing we knew was that when I show up to work, someone's got my back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That strengthened the team. That mm-hmm. really unified us in terms of charting unchartered right. territory. Okay. Um, I would say that as the pandemic continued mm-hmm. and got worse and then got better and then got worse, mm-hmm. I think the thing that was missing was the self-care. And that was when we got to burnout. You know, we gave and gave and gave and gave. We sacrificed our time, our time with our families. Mm. We had providers and nurses that could not go home. So we put them up in hotels and they did not see their families for months. Wow. So when you go through something like that, you know you're giving for a purpose, but at a point you're exhausted. Yeah, yeah. And when we had hundreds and thousands of our own caregivers, of our own nurses and physicians out and infected with COVID and not being able to be off. Yeah, wow. Right, because of the workforce shortage that compounded on the burnout, right? Because then you know you're needed, but doggone it, how much more can I give? And so I would say the empathy really ramped up, but then it got burned up. Mm. And so there was really also a call for self-care. Yeah. Because we knew that we were on the brink of falling off a very, very tall cliff because we were pushing and pushing and pushing up a mountain, right? Pushing sick patients up that mountain, pushing uncertainty up that mountain. And we were about to fall off that cliff and then just realizing, gosh, guys, we need to take a break. We we need everyone to take a break. We need you to take care of yourselves. We need you to see your families. When the vaccines came in the middle of December, Mm. you know, even though the supply was small, we cheered. We cheered that nursing home residents, that our ICUs, that our COVID units could be the first ones to get vaccinated and be protected. And it really wasn't until the beginning of this year where we really started to breathe a sigh of relief. Mm. And so the pandemic has had an incredible um, impact and it's changed a lot of things. Um, it certainly ramped up the need for empathy in order for the organization to move all in one direction, but it really highlighted the importance of every individual, the need for every individual, as well as the need for Mm self-care, um, to prevent burnout because burnout is not an individual thing. It's a systemic thing. It is, it is related to the system that you're in, not related to the individual's capacity to, uh, to uh, battle stress. 
Okay, mm. the system needs to be able to allow for self-care. And so we certainly saw that as an organization. And now that um, things are going towards a new normal and we're getting busier, our surgical volumes are high, our patient volumes are high, right? We've got to um, continue filling, filling up our own reserves in order to continue to give. Right. Wow. This is Danny. Dr. Liang, I, I, I want to say that I just want to say thank you to all the medical professionals. Yes. Uh, you said something so clear that just really impacted my thought process is that over the last year and even now, we, I hope that we take more time to think about mental health. And we, we tend to forget outside of our own lives that the people who serve us to ensure that we're healthy, the individuals in the medical field, and I want to thank you for your service as well in the medical you, field, yes. that they've gone through a lot. Uh, everyone had to understand what was taking place, what was happening. You, you, when I think about being in the military myself, my father and, and my uncle, and uh, thank God for their service to our country uh, and the wars that they fought for the country, um, we tend to forget that the individuals in the medical field are on the front line. They're fighting a war as well. Yeah. And they're going through a lot of mental stress. You know, we have this thing called post-traumatic stress syndrome, uh, the PTSD. And we forget that all this year that you guys are going through a lot of stress as well. And you, you stated in the very beginning when we talked in the podcast that you have to take care of yourself. But sometimes this, the willingness to serve the community, the willingness to, to get in the front line of the battle that your own employees may be impacted mentally. Their own mental health may have been impacted. And I can see now more than ever why empathy is so important to yes. be as a leader, as you leading your own your clinic and you leading all your nurses and your doctors, that you have to be able to just see and, yeah. and with your heart as well as with your mind what they're going through. Mm. And to be able to take a step back to make sure that you're assessing and taking care of their needs. Um, so I just want to thank you for that. I yeah. really want thank to see yes. all the people in the medical field. Thank you so very much for what you guys are doing. If you're listening to our podcast um, and you're a teacher, I want to say thank you as well. If you're a parent, as Dr. As, as, as Dr. Melissa said earlier, that this year has been really stressful on parents, specifically mothers who had to work, work remotely, homeschool their children, and the children are getting bored. And they have to take care of the children's needs. It's very stressful. And so I want to say, please, everybody, Take a day, a mental health day, to take mm. care of yourself. As, as, as Dr. Uh, Liang said earlier, that you have to take care of yourself as well. Yeah. So please, uh, I just want to say kudos to you for leading your clinic and leading your team uh, and making sure, as you said, your nurses, had, they haven't seen their family for months. They had to go to the hotel. Kudos to you in, in the Cleveland Health Clinic for also making sure that their needs are taken care of. Instead of trying to have them send them home, yeah. driving home exhausted physically, you just put them in the hotel. Uh, so I just want to say thank you for that. I really do. Um, before we continue on, I want to ask, are there any other special projects that you're working on, doctor, that, that you would like to tell our podcast about? Uh, maybe uh, any other speaking engagements that you're doing or anything that uh, is important? Because I think sometimes we tend to forget that you are a motivational speaker. You, you do speak around the world. You have vast experience from working at different countries different cultures within the medical field. I love how you talked about how you had to create a program within the medical IT side so that the nurses can have a purpose where, because nobody wants to work at an organization without a purpose or without the ability to either yeah. advancement. It doesn't always have to be a title, but they have to feel as if what they do matter. But are there any other projects that you're working on that you would like to tell the audience about? Well, certainly um, I'm working on some projects uh, within the hospital in terms of improving access to care, as well as um, uh, improving the state sustainability of uh, how healthcare is delivered in terms of cost, um, value, um, and safety. And so, um, you know, I just completed a, another podcast on women leadership with the Cleveland <laughs> Clinic um, to celebrate uh the clinic's uh, 100th year centennial. Mm. And so we're highlighting, uh, they were highlighting a, a number of the women leaders and they had uh, uh, spoken. So that should be out in a, in a bit. So, yeah. That is awesome. That, that is, is awesome. awesome. I love it. This is Danny, by the way. Uh, 
I, I'm, I'm going to say I'm very grateful to have you on today, uh, Dr. Mm -hmm. Melissa Liang. I think it's so important to be able to understand that uh, it doesn't matter what field you're in, what True. industry, what vertical, every leader mm -hmm. has to come across as authentic with a lot of empathy. Because as you said, the 80-20 rule, right? When people leave, it's not because of the organization, it's really because of the managers. So it's so much more important that the leaders uh, support their employees. And when, by supporting the employees, employees can support their customers. And by supporting the customers, they make referrals and want to come back. Yep. So I know for me personally, in my neighborhood where we live in, when we get people to move in and they say, hey, you know, we're looking for a family doctor or we're looking for this or that. I always say, hey, go to my doctor. You know, she's amazing. And here are the reasons why. And, and, and it's so easy for me to refer somebody. I'm not being paid to refer my doctor. It's just <laughs> one that we've developed over the years. So we want to thank Dr. Melissa Liang for spending time with us. Yes, Doc. For thank supporting you. our program, for coming on board to really help us to understand that it's not important just to put yourself in someone's shoes. Yes. But you have to make sure that you're assessing how they would feel in their shoes. How would you feel in their shoes? I mean, she stated that dealing with patients who are diabetic, for example, it's about understanding who they are, where they're from, mm -hmm. where they live, their culture, their history, all those aspects as you develop the care. That's a lot of work. I mean, she says she does 30, can do up to 30 patients a day. And if every single patient is from a different background, a different socioeconomic background, a different cultural background, a different financial background, that is a lot of processing in your head in order to make sure that you're being showing empathy towards them. And you can actually see it. <clears throat> there was an article in the Harvard Business Review that entitled, What Makes a Leader? So Dr. Daniel Goleman isolates three reasons why empathy is so important. The increasing use of teams, the rapid pace of globalization, and the growing need to retain talent. Dr. Coleman stated that leaders with empathy do much more then sympathize with people around them. They use their knowledge to improve their companies in subtle but very, very important ways. What a pleasure it is for us to have Dr. Melissa Liang on our show today, to yes. join us today. You can reach her at the Elite Speaker Services Bureau. If you would like to reach out to her, have her come speak to your corporate team, have her come speak to your conference and your events and give you a great understanding on how to run a organization a great experience on how to reach out to your employees, how to make sure they feel heard and they feel special. Please reach out to her at the Elite Speaker Services Bureau and David will leave her contact information for you as well. Until the next episode, please be safe, <laughs> please stay productive and please take a day to take care of yourself. Thank you so very much, doctor, for joining us on the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, doc. You're awesome. I appreciate it. And it's so good to see you. Hold on one second here. I'm going to keep you guys on. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSB Leadership and visit us online at dsbleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.